Hi, and welcome to another episode of the Thoughtful Talent Show. I'm Jen Werner from Jen Werner Coaching. And I'm Chad Ahern from Talent and Teams Consulting. And today, I'm so honored to introduce to you two of my favorite fellow coaches, Kevin Fallon and Michael Stafford. Kevin um, is a fellow Gallup certified coach. So he, we actually met um, during our certified training in Nebraska at Gallup years ago. Um, we, uh, you know, went through the strength summit and then um, drank from the fire hose, as they say, um, as we learned all things strengths. Um, though our talents are quite different, we made a connection, and I'm so happy that you're here with us today. Um, Kevin, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for the opportunity. Appreciate that. Yes, absolutely. And Michael, welcome back. You, you all, audience, may remember Michael and his wonderful accent um, as he's from Ireland. So he's here to talk to us um, again. Uh, Michael is a fellow Eat a Grow coach. Um, we actually went through our Eat a Grow certification together, and he was um, in my cohort, and he was the first person that I connected with. And in that moment of meeting new people, learning new things, people from all around the world, mind you, not even just, you know, the US, which was new to me within this virtual place that we're in. Um, he was so wonderful. He saw me um, for who I am. He heard me and made me feel validated. So I'm so excited he's back today to talk to us about individualization too. So welcome back, Michael. Thank you, Jan. Thank you, Chad. Lovely to be back. Great. So Chad, we want to run us through what we're learning about today. Sure. So we're going to talk about the talent theme, the Clifton Strengths talent theme of individualization. And Gallup defines this theme as follows. People exceptionally talented in the individualization theme are intrigued with the unique qualities of each person. They have a gift for figuring out how different people can work together productively. So with that wonderful introduction, I loved how Jen weaved in, uh, individualization right into that introduction, especially for Michael. And, and thank you very much for joining us, Kevin. It's wonderful to meet you both. Um, we want to talk about individualization and we're going to start off with our, our almost default question, which is how does this theme show up for each of you um, personally? Just as you go through life, if you want to talk about work, great. If you want to talk about how it shows up in your, your family or community uh, life as well, uh, we'd love to hear how those sort of show up and, and what it helps you bring. We're talking about sort of the positive and the negative in a second. So uh, focus a little just about behaviors and ways this shows up and maybe ways people um, uh, who work with you might uh, notice it. Um, and I'm going to start with Kevin. Uh, just... You happen to be first on my screen, so I'm going to invite you first to, to start. Great. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, really, uh, if we want to look at it at work and kind of the professional context, I see it. I see drawing on individualization three three main ways. Um, when I'm selling, you know, a big part of my job is involved, has in encompassed selling. And when I'm selling to different audiences, I use individual, I draw on individualization to speak in terms that are really going to resonate with them. So I like, give you one example. Um, I would be involved in open house weekends at the university that I was working for. And if I was in a room full of parents, the focus was what's on their mind? What are they worried about? Return on investment. So I would talk about how our department would help them achieve a good return on the investment that they were making in their, their students' education. If I was speaking to a room full of students, 
I'm not going to talk about return on investment. I'm going to talk <laughs> about things that a college student or somebody at the age of 18 years old is thinking about. Is this going to be a great place for me to learn and grow? And am I going to enjoy the, the area and, and the other students? Um, another professional context when I would draw on individualization would be leading teams. Um, I've had a couple of opportunities throughout my career where I inherited underperforming teams that were not meeting objectives. Um, and often, in fact, I can tell you every single time I, I would use individualization and find out that the reason why they were underperforming is no one was listening to them as individuals. No one was recognizing their individual strengths and contributions. And if once we aligned the work and the strategy with their strengths and what they were passionate about, what they were good at, the performance flourished, um, which I think is, for me, was probably one of the most rewarding and most exciting parts of my career. And the third, the third kind of professional work context would be coaching, obviously. And when, I'm, when I've been working with different clients, both as a coach, but and also as a consultant, um, individualization comes in because you know you're working with them, kind of meeting them where they're at, and how they like to do things. And then I know you brought up, you know, kind of on the personal, kind of on the home front. Yeah. Um, I think the first thing that comes to mind are you know a 13 year old and a 14 year old um, okay. in 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 <laughs> in motivating them to get things done that they may not want to do or um, kind of achieve the the greater purpose. So you know, individualization, individualization comes in because, you know, my son is just loves to think about things in terms of geography. So anything I can do to bring it around to geography, it's, he's going to, he's going to chime right in, um, you know, and then I know we're, we're going to additional conversation around that, like how individualization at home can be a plus, but it can also be a minus. And I've got some great stories on that. Okay. And, and I actually just want to ask real quick um, before we get to Michael, because uh, I definitely want to have him share. Could you, could you quickly uh, tell us where individualization falls uh, in terms of your theme rankings? Um, sure, it's, it's number three. Number three for you. Okay. Yep. So I, I'm I, number one, restorative. Um, number one, restorative. Number two, strategic. And then individualization, number three. Got it. Okay. I only ask because part of the reason that we invited both of you on, and I meant to mention this earlier on, is um, mine is number nine. So it's it, it touches on some of the work I do, but it's not particularly high. And then, um, Jen, could you remind me of where this falls for you? Because yeah. I think it's way down your list and I can't yeah, remember it exactly. Is. It's it's 18. Um, okay. I'm not I'm not even sure that this would be in a supporting strength at this point. It might be one of my lesser. Okay. <laughs> I have All a right. heck of a time time with figuring that out. But I love I love feeling it from others. So wonderful. wonderful. And so that brings us back around since since you were so nice and, and talking about how you felt heard by Michael. Michael, could you start us off by telling us where this one falls for you and then go back to the original question of how does this show up? Uh, you know, behaviors, traits, uh, activities. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, so it falls in number three. I've got maximizer number one. Then I have input number two, individualization three, relator four, and harmony five. Um, if I, if I look at my life in terms of individualization, I would often think that it should be one because mm -hmm. it's, it's that unique way in which I see the world and everybody else in it. My career a lot in HR is probably where it's come to the fore because there's an ability when you're a HR professional, I suppose, to be able to 
manage many different stakeholder relationships and manage and influence and build relationships with teams of all different dynamics across the globe in certain circumstances as well. So having that ability to really know somebody and remember that is really, really helpful. And I think in a professional com uh, context, in a personal context as well, it's 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 really powerful strength because you I feel like you see, you see people almost immediately. So for me, it's like I get you, I see you, I hear you. Going back to like what Jen said earlier, and there's a there's an energy that I in particular get from knowing somebody's uniqueness. So if they tell me something about them, I'd be like, wow, that's amazing. Tell me more. And that's and that you served me really well when I was growing my business, because from a networking perspective, I would, you know, people wanted to tell me more because I was like, wow, tell me more. I want to hear more from you. So that really helped in that regard. Nice. That's awesome. You know, it's funny. I forgot to, it's a funny story because listening to Michael reminded me um, back in 2008, when I was first introduced to strengths and I had no idea what it was or anything about, and I received my report and I was reading and individualization showed up right there up near the top. And I'm thinking, I'm not a selfish person. I'm not always thinking about me as an individual. And I was like, what? And then I read the description and then I read the report even further. And then I was like, okay, now it makes more sense. Yeah. Yeah. I well, hear you. Just, just building on that, uh, Kevin, was there something in particular, about the word that struck you as, well, this is sort of selfish or this is me focused, that maybe you know a new listener or somebody just getting started with Clifton Strengths um, might resonate with in terms of seeing that word and then maybe uh, a, a phrase or a part of the description that really kind of clued you over or made that mental switch of, oh, this isn't what, this isn't about being selfish. So just, Maybe detail well, your 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 mental voyage a little bit clearer so that maybe that, uh, maybe a newbie uh, to strengths might be able to follow uh, a similar path. Sure. Yeah, I think I was just zeroing in on the word individual mm -hmm. and okay. thinking and and having that kind of initial reaction that I'm only focused on me as an individual. You know, I'm okay. too me me me. You know, and that, that like that's the opposite of me. <laughs> um, and then once I read the the initial brief, you know, when they give you the the report right there at the top, it says, you know. People who are especially talented in the individual individualization theme are intrigued with the unique qualities of each person and have a gift for figuring out how people who are different can work together. It was once I read that, I'm like, okay, now that makes sense. Yeah, so I yeah. think it was just it was just the word itself. It's like, yeah. you know, it, you know how people when they see relator and they think, realtor, I should be a realtor. <laughs> Yeah, we don't have we don't have that mistake over here at this side yeah. of the globe. So <laughs> we, funny. Yeah. We, yeah. Yeah. And, well, and we talked about that, Chad, in our harmony episode, right. specifically, because, you know, when we see the word harmony, so many people are thinking, oh, well, like kumbaya and whatever. And like, it has more of a like hippie connotation to it or something like there's like, it's all like peace and love, man. And like, yes, <laughs> we all want peace and love, but harmony comes from a different place. So I think yeah. it's wonderful how Gallup's descriptions really change what we think about these words and, and how they're used. So, yeah, thanks for bringing that yeah. up, Kevin. Yeah, thank you. Uh, one other sort of follow-up question I want to ask, because, Michael, you started down this track of 
you know, connecting it with another theme. And I was just wondering, in addition to relator or realtor, depending upon how you want to <laughs> look at the word, um, we'll have we'll a clip this direction. Relator uh, yes. is, is seems to be a, a talent theme that I'm hearing coming through that you tie this one with on a regular basis. Are the, and I'm going to pose this first to Michael, but Kevin, I'm going to definitely want to come back to you and, and hear are there other themes that really kind of flavor either flavor this theme or does this one end up flavoring all the others? So kind of which yeah, direction? It, it, so um, Michael, if you, if you want to start and then Kevin, I'm going to, I'm going to bring the same question back to you. For, okay. So I'll, I'll kind of, I'll, I'll try and wrap this up as succinctly <laughs> as possible. So when I think of individualization, it's, I know who you are. I see you. Okay. When I think of it's called to say realtor relator when i think of relator i think of i want to know you and i want you to know me so there's there's a there's an almost like a, a dynamic there of give and take while as okay. i feel with individualization it's more focused on on the other okay person okay um but i've been i've input at number two and if i think of uniqueness about people and their strengths and who they are and what makes them fabulous. And then I add that, tie that in with input. That for me goes deeper on such a, a such a bit deeper level of wanting to know the person. So down to the books they like, down to, you know, the next gift that they're going to get. So there's, there's an element of how can I help this person's uniqueness grow? Because remember, you know, you're thinking of input. It's, it's strategic thinking mindset. So yeah. you're thinking... How can I grow this person? So if they're telling me that they like, for example, Kevin's son likes geography, I'm going already. Geography book. I need to get an encyclopedia. It's their birthday when they're in, in six months time. That's the perfect gift. And that's why. So it's the balancing of those two. I find works really well. Nice. Thank you for wonderful uh, examples, yeah. too. I think that'll help our listeners understand this theme a little bit more. Uh, Kevin, is there a, a talent theme that you find common uh is a common coupling with individualization and kind of in which which direction does it flow absolutely i mean i've got four of them that it just feels like it's constant um restorative when i'm fixing things in a in a team setting um because again i've gone through a lot of change journeys with some pretty broken and dysfunctional teams and yeah. um arranger uh if you know again if you know it's that team building kind of you know so thinking about the individuals on the team and then arranging the workflow um, around that um, activator uh, when we're we're trying to in, in launch a change journey so a lot of the change management projects that I've been involved in um, you know uh, the individualization figuring out each person's unique skills what they offer to the team um, when we're activating that journey and then for me strategic. Um, strategic is one or two, two, um, um, constant, constant between, you know, thinking strategically about how I'm going to get something done and then the resources that I have to do it and then making sure that, you know, I'm, I'm maximizing. I wonder where maximizer is. You know what? I forgot where maximizer is. <laughs> As I say that <laughs> I'm like literally using the words, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, but those would be the main ones. Wonderful. Okay. Well, thank you very much for at least introducing us to the theme and a lot of the behaviors that you know, I'm, I'm taking in so much from this episode. Um, 
just thinking about how this shows up and how others might start to identify um, or, or realize that they're working with somebody that has individualization as a, as a top talent theme, even if they haven't, you know, taken the assessment or, you know, done the work. Um, some of the behaviors you've left, laid out have been beautiful examples. Uh, Jen, do you want to take us in the direction of sort of what we usually do around, you know, sort of positives and negatives? Absolutely. Yeah. So this is that time where we're going to start with that, like all of our talents, um, whether overused, underused, or maybe we just like are burning hot in this case, have that like tendency to go to the dark side, right? So that like shadow, the basements, whatever you want to call that, um, where these talents can maybe get us in trouble and cause some negative impacts on our life. Um, so because Michael already looks like he's pensive and in thought, I'm going to start with Michael. Michael, can you share with us? <laughs> ways I was going that... to say, sorry, Kevin, please. Uh, yeah, yeah, he's like, he needed a little more I'm time going, to I'm get through those pensive pencil. thoughts. <laughs> so I, so I want oh. to start with you. Can you share with us where, where you feel like the individualization might has, has had some negative impacts in your life? Yeah, so I'm going to say from uh, just the one that's cropping to mind based on previous conversations is if I'm developing a program for clients and I'm taking on board everything that the clients or the corporation wants to get from the program, okay, sometimes individualization can go into overdrive, I like to call it, where it's hijacking me. So I can't, because of individualization, I can't generalize. And then the generalization mm. won't help me to get a program. I get it done. I've maximized the number one. So it gets done, <laughs> but it does, it does hide, it does hijack me sometimes in that regard, where I'll spend too much time thinking of each person's individual nudge or intervention, uh, when in fact it could just be a generalization that would do the same work in that yeah. context. So interesting. Yeah, it, that's great. You know, it's, it's really interesting, Michael, what I heard there was you have maximizer going in both directions. Mm -hmm. So you have maximizer applied to in, individualization and thinking you want to make the maximum impact on each individual, yeah. but then you're trying to maximize the generality of the program. <laughs> and those yes. are working in basically two very yeah. opposing yes. directions. That's fascinating. It's oh, fascinating, so. Chad. And I'm the one suffering. The clients are not. When right. I say suffer, I'm the one that... You know, it, I I will take the hit emotionally, physically, spiritually on trying to make that be better. When in fact, you know, I should be saying it's 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 better already in that yeah. regard. And um, I like to call, I like to refer to this. Some of my colleagues that I work with and other coaches call this Michael's rabbit hole. So he's down there, yeah. and he's he's there, and he's not coming up for air until uh, for for a while. So that's oh, where it can show up in a yeah. A negative way. You you shared with us in the in the um, pre-show um, this managing the um, the exit interview, like from your HR your HR like place. Um, yeah. will, will you share with us with our audience a little bit about like what that what that felt like for you personally? Yeah, I mean, even now when you say it, I'm going, oh, I feel it. Yeah. So from a HR perspective, you're you're trying to, you know, your exit interview happening and you're more or less telling somebody they're not a right fit for the company and that they, you know, they have to go. 
Okay. And yet you're, you see them and you're like, Oh God, you feel, you feel like you want to help them. So there's, you know, when I first started in the industry, I would have been saying to myself, okay, you know, I'm losing sleep over this. Now I need to be able to go. If I'm standing in front of a judge for whatever reason to say that a, a decision was made that the employee didn't agree with and took a case, for example, against the employer, just generalization here, then I can say from an evidence perspective, here's the procedure that we followed. And this is why it was the best option for everybody involved. But what I will find I will also do in an exit interview is I'll also say to that person, and if you need additional career coaching or you need any help with confidence or you need any help with this and the other, then please call on me. So you, it's like, you know, I we sometimes are defenders of other people to our mm. own to our own energy depletion when we need to manage that. I can find yeah. it can slip in there. That's great. Yeah. Nice. I, and, and I, I knew that would, that would pull that defender out of you. And, and that was what I was going for. So thank you. Thank you so much for, for bringing that back to us, Kevin. Um, those were some great examples from Michael. Do you have some examples in, in your life of where your, your individualization might've gone a little dark side for you? Oh, sure. I mean, at work, um, I, cause I also have had a career in, in HR and at work, um, I very similar situations especially you know it can really become a challenge if you're if individualization is in your top five and you're a middle manager because the senior people above you may be giving you a directive that hey that person's not making it and you have to counsel them out of the organization but if your individualization kicks in then you're going to naturally push back on the person above you and say well can i have a little more time to read to rehabilitate them to to kind of redirect and and help coach them and coach them up sometimes there's there's a little receptivity towards it and other times you know i've been in situations where absolutely not it's like you know you have to execute so you know people who aren't initiated into strengths they might if they're working with somebody who has individualization really high they might perceive it as you know you're you're taking too long you're dragging your feet you're mm. you're you're pushing back too much you know just just take your orders and just go and just get it done um, and then i think you know on the on the personal side i used to drive my family absolutely crazy when we were planning a family party because I would say stuff like, well, Aunt Joan doesn't like burgers. Aunt Joan would rather have grilled chicken. And, you know, Cousin Marty <laughs> wants that. And it would be like, just go to the store and get the stuff and just put the burgers on the grill. I mean, don't over, you know, and so you've ever heard the expression, you know, you're overthinking the overthinking, you know, and they um, kind of, you know, so so party planning at home was, was <laughs> challenging because because I, I would think about every individual coming to the party and wanting right. them to have a great time and wanting them to have a menu that they would love and you know i yeah. see michael making a lot of uh, yeah. <laughs> like we're the same people here Kevin. Yeah. <laughs> well wait till we talk about your your uh, card file oh no oh no, oh, no. <laughs> we'll get there we'll get there i i, I just want to point out something that came out in both answers that i think is really interesting because you know, one of the reasons why Jen and I started this was we were having really deep conversations about our deliberative and that being our rabbit hole a lot of the mm -hmm. times. And both of you have kind of struck on the same sort of thread, which is it's a it's a it's a, a risk assessment sort of um, you're looking at what are the risks of having multiple people at the party? Like, do we not invite the person that won't eat the hamburgers or do we go out and you know expand the menu? Um, 
And so it's interesting that that same rabbit hole is showing up uh in both in all four of us but coming from two very different, different places. places for the two of you it's from individualization and for jen and i it's coming from deliberative and i just thought that was a really intriguing um thought that i had not necessarily um thought of before when i think of individualization my deliberative comes in at 34 which is oh. interesting so to your <laughs> wow. point i mean you raise a great point to show yeah. to make that illustration yeah so so kevin's my my opposite in this case um, <laughs> my strategic is 34 so nice work there <laughs> but isn't that the beauty of how this yes. how the strengths show up and they have to be used with another strength in order to yeah. reel you in or or lean in or dial in or whatever you call yeah. it in that regard because right. yeah. on its own on its own it's just i don't i don't know it's just not useful well right. it's useful. <laughs> It's, yeah. it's why we're all unique, right? Because just because you like, even just in you two talking about your, your individualization with relator or, or input versus, you know, strategic, yeah. and it's just amazing just to see just how differently they work, even though they're the same theme, the same group of grouping of talents, but we all have that like unique edge to it, just like yeah. Chad and I with our deliberatives <laughs> are, are quite different um, when we get looking at them, but also have like a lot of the same themes. Love yeah. this. Kevin, I'm interested to ask just because you mentioned it, and I was like, now what would I choose there? When you said about all the different personalities and the different uh, types of food, <laughs> strategically, would you go with invite? And Chad mentioned, would you go with inviting less people to the party, or would you go with inviting more people to the party and therefore more menu items? I would definitely choose the latter, where I would say, let's let's go let's go all out. <laughs> And let's, yeah. you know, and then let's just have it. I mean, <laughs> I remember one, my, my uh, daughter's one birthday party, we literally ended up creating an entire buffet. We <laughs> went and bought the catering trays and the little burners to go underneath. Oh, geez. You know? And I mean, I was having a ball, but yeah. other people were sitting there shaking their heads like he has lost his mind. <laughs> like, and then, and then interestingly enough, the next year when we were planning the same party, everyone unanimously said, Let's just hire a caterer. <laughs> Let's try that route. Uh, We're pulling pulling that right off of your plate so you don't have to make right. it work for everyone yeah. then, right? Yeah. Well, I love it, guys. So right. I want to I want to flip this back then because we're already talking about the ways this shows up and and we're laughing because it's true, right? So <laughs> so let's talk about the ways that this just makes it it is your superpower, the ways it impacts your life and work that have made you successful um, in any context that you that you want to start from, Michael. Me again, chicken. <laughs> uh, I, I was gonna say, I thought it was cancer, but hey. <laughs> Um, it at you. Yeah, you're throwing it at me. So I know some people that will will read up on individualization and they'll know this it, you know it is about uniqueness of people. But for me, how it shows up for me is that birth, it's the birthday gift. It's the it's the mm -hmm. present for people. It's the thought that goes into that. And it's also the planning of that. So I, you know, I, I my mother's birthday is gone. So in January, okay. And I gave her a card for her birthday. Great. And the following week, I was in a, in, a, in a shop and I came across this card and I was like, oh, my God, that's the perfect card for mom. And I bought it there and then, even though her birthday's not until next year, because I have to have that. And, you know, behind, I'll take it out, but I've got a box. And in that box is 
multitudes of cards and presents and picture frames and postcards from places I've been that I know will resonate and will make a memory and an impact for one of my friends or a family member in the future. So I find that's where it's a really good superpower for me. Nice. Um, I, I wanted to talk to you about, um, you had said, um, you had given, given some thought around um, identity and labels and oh, and what what that what that said to you about your individualization and i thought that was really powerful i want so i wanted to come back to that too yeah so as an individual like we're celebrating i'm, I'm just I'm just noticing the dog who's just jumped oh, up. Oh, oh, welcome. Welcome. <laughs> hi welcome to welcome to the strengths podcast can you give me yes. a few minutes please um so sorry about that um apologies awesome. so uh, he's like, are you talking about individualization again, Michael? Yeah, come let me on. come in. Uh, let me come in. So for me, late labels, like we're celebrating the uniqueness of the individual. We're celebrating their superpower as a, and, and that's what we're recognizing. And, you know, with the way the world is going now in terms of pronouns and the way people want to be identified. And when I say want to be, that's their choice. It's how they want to identify. So if there's a hundred pronouns, for me, it's like, so what? It's, a, it's the way in which a person wants to be identified, who they're known as, and we need to see that person. That's where I go. So, you know, five, six years ago, I went in on a course just on gender and pronouns and how people wanted to be identified because I was like, I need to know this. I need to know. And one of the one of the most powerful conversations I had in a coaching capacity with somebody who was identifying as a pronoun that we, we wouldn't have either known or have used before, they said, it's only a label. I'm I'm Michael. I'm Jem. I'm Chad. Just, yeah. just call me that. And it really, really resonated with me around. It's the individualization again. I see you. And that's where I feel. You know, I get really, really almost, I'm going to use the term angry if I feel people are disrespecting someone's uniqueness. Mm. Nice. And family members will sometimes poke the bear. Uh, yeah, they're good at they're that, great aren't at they? That. Right. They're great at that. <laughs> yeah. those, that well, those that are closest to us, right? It's always yeah. that. Yes. And and that was what I what I loved about that you could see it both on the on the positive side and the, and the negatives you brought them both back to that like defender mode. Um, you are seeing people for who they are with your individualization talents, and they're allowing you to defend others for who they are uniquely and and not trying to make them fit a cer certain mold. And that's what I I love about hearing this from you too with your individualization talents because it's coming through very perfectly. Kevin, um, I, I noticed you were making some faces and some laughing um, about about Michael's card box. And so I wanna hear from you um, and in the ways that this is, you know, a superpower for you, how it, how it shows up. So before I tell you, okay. All right, so before I tell you how it's a superpower, I just can't get over Michael's card comment because it was getting so ridiculous with me. I would be sent to the store to get a graduation card for the nephew and come back with six cards. And I'd be like, <laughs> But, but this one's perfect for Aunt, you know, and Evie, and this one's perfect for mom. And so it got to the point where a file, metal 
uh, file cabinet drawer was set up with the hanging folders and there's one folder cards for mom oh my because i might see a mother's day card like i might shop for a mother's day card and i might see two cards that i love so i'll buy both of them and put one in the file folder for next year you know yeah. and so yeah i can't i can't get over that i just cannot I, because i can't tell you how much people have teased me about that through the years um but in all seriousness where in terms of like the superpower part of the question um for me it's really been either turning around a team that i've been made responsible for um and really getting the most out of it i've done that several times but then i've also done some consulting projects where i've helped um, clients turn around um, and improve morale lift morale like a, a lot of you know a lot of times people will will call on a, a strengths coach to come in because they want to do some team building they want to do mm -hmm. team building they would do morale building and i've had a few that have called me and we've had kind of that pre-meeting and they've said you know i've got some real challenges here and so we used individualization to bring people up to the next level. So I, for me, it's been in the, in the professional context, that's probably been the superpower. And then, you know, kind of on the, on the personal home front, it's, I think it really, it, it's drawn on the most to just keep the, keep the peace at home. So I guess harmony, like, where's, where's my harmony? <laughs> um, <laughs> we've said, we've said Kevin to go re-explore his uh, Cliff the Strengths profile. Yes. <laughs> 29, I'm 29 on harmony, wow. but, but um, you know, and that just shows you the beauty of strengths. You know, yes. you're, you're leveraging the individualization to keep the peace at home kind of mm -hmm. thing. So. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, Kevin, I, I'd like to dig in a little bit on this whole rebuilding or, or reformulating teams. Cause when we were talking in the pre-show about this whole idea, you used a wonderful example of a, of, of a team that I believe you described as pretty underperforming and it was really about having the conversations about sort of matching them with what they did best. And I was just wondering if you could take, maybe take that ball and, and, and sort of open up that present for us. Cause I think that was a really beautiful, how you described that process I think it could be really informative to some of those that are are listening to this and learning about this talent theme um, and, sure. and how it could be applied. Cause I, I think that's a, hmm. yeah, it, it was just really insightful. Yeah. So this particular client that I was working with um, individualization was not um, a strength. Uh, well, not a highly ranked strength, not, not, not one that the person drew on frequently. You know, I, you gotta be really careful when you're talking about this stuff, because yeah. I'll never forget it was on that same team that you know, a person looked at their report and was like, I'm empathy is 34. Oh my God, I'm in the wrong profession. And I'm like, no, hold on a second. That's yeah. not, you know, mm -hmm. let's go through this workshop and you'll learn. And then by the end um, he felt differently, but with this particular team, um, we encouraged them to really go all in and embrace it and celebrate it. And, you know, we made little placards where we put under each person's nameplate by their office, you know, their strengths themes and made a big poster that was out in the lobby for the whole team to see. Um, and the person on the team who had individualization at number one approached the leader and, and said, you told us to go all in. You told us that you want to do embrace this. So we're all in and we're embracing it. I want to share with you some members of the team in ways that we could build the job and build the workflow and build the department around their strengths. And the director looked at it and said, this is absolutely amazing. This is like a whole new perspective that I just wasn't seeing. Um, and it, and it really, I mean, it's interesting because 
about two and a half years later, they reached out and said they still can't believe it. Um, and they still have the poster up and, and, um, but yeah, it was, it was so, you know, I think what was getting missed what was getting missed in the, in the fury of the work, because this was an extremely busy department that had just constant pressure from up above, what was getting lost in the mix was the individual strengths and, and what motivated individuals and what made them feel great about coming to work, like they were really contributing to the greater good was getting missed. Once they started to focus on that, it made a huge difference for them. Nice. Thank you for sharing that. That's, uh, I think that's really impactful that this theme has that power to put people in the right places at the right time. Um, which I think is, is fantastic. And also, and also help with the engagement, you know, people, yeah. people wanting to feel good about what they're doing and, you know, coming to work every day and, and understanding that, you know, what they do matters and that they matter. Yeah. That... Yeah. I think, you know, not to launch into a whole other topic around engagement, but, you know, that's why that uh, was at the third element of the Q12, the, the employee engagement tool that Gallup has developed. You know, the third question is, do you have the chance to do what you do best every day? Yeah. You know, I think that's probably, I'll speak for myself, but I'm making a, a small leap here, given that we're all coaches, that, that that is a place where we would love to be able to put people um, and build that engagement. So I think you're bringing that individualization talent, um, talents to that effort is is massive and it does set that sort of baseline um building for for, for further employee engagement so thanks sure. um so, so any last um little anecdotes we want to add before we move on or are you guys good to go <laughs> looks like are we're you good. asking are, are you asking me again or should i wait for him <laughs> <laughs> open, open mic. <laughs> uh, I'm good to go. I'm good All to right. go. All right. So I want to, um, you know, Kevin, you, you actually started started us right down this path of, you know, all of us as coaches have, you know, coached a lot of different people. And we always open up um, to our guests to highlight, you know, are there other ways you've seen uh, the individualization talent theme show up differently or maybe with a, you know, a, a gradation that we haven't necessarily covered in all the wonderful insights you've already shared, um, whether it's somebody you've coached or somebody you've worked with that has had this theme, um, particularly, you know, higher up in their, um, in their ranking and how has that come out? Well, I mean, I, you know, I can't, I can't help but thinking of this one, um, team that I was working with and my kind of main point of contact um, individualization individualization was high and we were having that conversation around why are we doing this what are your expected outcomes what do you what do you want to get out of this um, and it turned out that that person's last performance review they received some tough feedback and they were feeling an urgency and a pressure to implement some change and was kind of, they were kind of getting spun up and, and losing focus and not really knowing which direction to go in. And when we started to dig a little bit deeper into that and ask the why and, and what was going on, it reminds me a lot of what Michael was saying before, how this individual felt that the people up above were ignoring 
um, invalidating members of her team, um, discounting them, not respecting them, not seeing them for the people that they were and the talents that they brought and, and all the skills that they had and was feeling a tremendous amount of frustration over that because the, the, the head of the department felt, I've got all the right people on the bus and we're, you know, we are doing good things. I don't understand why there's this perception and how, how can we fix this perception? How can we, how can we show and demonstrate? And it was, it was interesting because it's just like what Michael was saying. She was developing an animosity uh, towards the people that were, that were not accepting mm. of mm. Her, the people on her team. Um, that was probably one of the more difficult, more challenging um, endeavors that I ever went through. Yeah. But there's that defender theme again. Yeah. Like, yes. You know, the, the animosity, you know, as much as that's the negative, the positive is you've got a wonderful leader that's trying to stand up for their people. And I think that's something yeah. that, you know, started to come out in, in one of a uh, couple of Michael's answers. And now we're hearing again, you don't want that animosity there, but at the same time, what an attribute to be able to stand and, and say, I've got the right people. I'm, you know, maybe, you know, moving them a seat or two on the bus is going to, you know, find that couple extra points of improvement, but I've got the right people and I'm defending yeah. them. Um, that's so fascinating again to hear that thread come through. It is so hard for a person who's truly a servant leader to be in an organization where people up above are more authoritarian in their leadership style. Yeah. You know, I mean, I see yeah. Michael nodding. You know, <laughs> yeah. I'm shaking my head because I remember coaching somebody that had individualization and they had it, I think it was number four, but it was relatively high when you were coaching them. You could see that they were really getting, they're not getting the way in which they wanted to operate in the business. So it was like, okay, you've been told to start to do a certain thing, but then they were being, this person, she was being challenged back with certain decisions then that she was making in service of the team and all their unique strengths. Like what you said, Kevin, about bringing all of that together. And during the coaching, what we discovered was she needed that freedom, but within a framework. So she had to go back to her, back up the chain and say, tell me the red lines here, guys. Where can I not cross? What can I do so that you can empower me and keep me engaged? So because I'll bring my team with me. But I need yeah. to have I, I need to have a small bit of autonomy here because Kevin, you mentioned it earlier too. If it's too if they're directive and they don't know what's going on, then they're gonna take the hit for their team and be battered from both ends, corporate up a ladder and down the ladder. So you know, yeah. we, have to be, we have to be very mindful of that, especially when you're coaching individualization. Hi. Kevin, awesome. I had one um I had a leader who he had individualization high and he was like like we're seeing in Michael and Kevin you know after a little bit of time with someone he could see you know the potential in that person I wonder where developer was now that I'm thinking about it too but he could see the potential in the person saw the person knew like that they would be a good fit but maybe wasn't necessarily like the right fit for the job that they were like hiring for but he would be like but this person has all this like potential and would bring them on. And in that moment, you know, then it, it, it caused some animosity with, you know, like you have this job, you were brought on, you were hired as this, 
but you don't actually do that. You do like maybe like one part of that, but then do a bunch of other stuff. So it ended up make, creating a lot of these hybrid type roles, which we see a lot more now, I think today than we used to in the past where I think it's, it's that change in set of mind frame and, and the way things are that we're not cogs in the machine anymore. We actually have uniqueness. And so we could do different things and be maybe different, like other than those traditional roles um, and responsibilities. But that could go both ways, right? Like you could see that being wonderful and amazing, but then who's doing the work? Like we hired someone to do this, but they're gonna actually do something else. So we still are like missing that place where like we still need that work done. So who's gonna step up to do that? So um, any thoughts on on that? Have you have either of you experienced that too? Oh, Michael, I hope I'm not cutting you off, but you know, you work Jim, away, you yeah. work away. <laughs> no, you're you're making me think of um, so an employee who was in a, a government organization, um, state government organization, and who wanted to lead that way and really lean into the individualization and was allowing members of the team to work that in a way that really aligned well with their strengths. Um, mm -hmm. But when you're in a very regimented structure of a government yeah. organization, that created a nightmare for that person because then the supervisor said, what are you doing? You know, that person's way outside their defined scope of the defined role. You've created an absolute nightmare for us now because mm -hmm. now that person thinks that, you know, they can do more and do other things. And, you know, I know I personally, I've personally worked, you know, in very entrepreneurial startups where it was very, like very ill-defined roles. And it was kind of like all hands on deck, do whatever it takes yeah. to get it done every day. And then I've worked in, overly structured, stifling government organizations where um, it's it can really be problematic. Mm. I often think of, because I didn't know strengths at the time, one of my first roles when I finished college was I, I got a government job because in Ireland, that was the thing to do. Get yeah. a job in the government and you'll have a pension for life and <laughs> yada, yada, yada. It was all about stability. And I remember having a really great time but needing a lot of variety so i was going in between different departments but there was a level in the role that you had so different you know say level one two three four five just to simplify things so you could you, you'd stay at level two but you could go in between departments for variety and then all of us was like okay i can't go anywhere else i'm not allowed to do anything there's too many policies and procedures there's too much structure i'm not getting that variety that i love and i'm not even you know, I was training new people that were coming in. So when I think back, that was helping me stay a little bit longer because I was getting to deal with new people. But then I wasn't. I was like, yeah, I know you could do this really well, but you've got to tick this box. And I know you I know you've got to do it. You don't want to do it, but you've got to do it. And now when I look back, when you mentioned that, Kevin, I'm like, that's probably why I left. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The, the framework only extended so far. You know, go back to your your other right. phrase of you know freedom within a framework. Mm -hmm. The framework only extended so far, um, and when it doesn't allow you, you know, to individual, you know, doesn't allow you to place an individual where they can be best. That that I'm sure yeah. that that's going to bring some frustration. Um, any last things? Because I, I want to keep us moving along. We've, we've covered a ton of ground, and there's still some great questions we want to we want to get both of you to uh, to give your insights on. Uh, one quick one that. Uh, are there further thoughts before I, I ask my next question? All right. So 
Jen and I have been doing this in all of our other episodes um, because as human beings, we often um, can be very visual, not everybody, but uh, we can relate to things in our household or um, pictures that we see or, or pop culture. We've, we've referenced a few times in previous episodes. I'm curious about what sort of images come to mind when you think of the theme of individualization. Individualization. I still can't say it right. <laughs> I, have to, I have to pull you up on that, Chad. You're like, come on. <laughs> I cannot get it out. It's too many syllables and too many, too many yeah. the wrong letters in the wrong order. Sorry. It's great. It's individualization. Great. I think I got it that time. But what images, other than me absolutely butchering the word, what images come to mind for this? <laughs> my, my my new my new not new image is Chad butchering the word for individualization. <laughs> oh, um, so for me, I I think I, for me I, I'm going to stick with the rainbow image for me because there's a uniqueness to a rainbow. You know, I know that there's predominantly the the colors that are in a rainbow, and yet there there's a variation of those colors if we really dig deeper as well so there's so much in that and also yeah. my story around the story of the ugly duckling and the fairy tale around the ugly duckling and um you know being unique in that way and then and then evolving as they were allowed to be themselves and found out who they were so that's for oh. me what it summarizes symbolizes yeah. Yeah. i love that one two great love ones it. kevin i'm kevin? gonna turn the same question to you Oh, oh, yeah, he's got oh, something on his cell phone. I don't know Get if it's going to work. You got to back it up. Blur. Go back. Um, it's a picture. Oh, it. It's a, so my next door neighbor is um, the conductor of our local symphony orchestra. Oh. And, you know, oh. we, we have a lot of those yard work conversations, you know, when you're out there raking leaves and, you know, he'll be cutting the grass and he'll come over. Hey, well, how you been? What have you been up to? And, and when we'll talk about, you know, upcoming performances that they have. And, and I think, you know, I think about that role and then also like a, you know Saban you know the head football coach it's it's oh, yeah. you know individualization comes in where you're you're figuring out that individual's strengths and what they can contribute to create either beautiful music or a national championship football team um, yeah you know All so side. that yeah those are those are the images that I was thinking about you know after um after you kind of test me with that one yeah nice that's great I Jed, do you have one? Because I, I, I want to throw I, one other one into the mix here. I'm going to go pop culture um, and go back to my favorite character from Parks and Recreation. If you've ever watched that show on NBC, Leslie Nope. Um, if, if you find the episode of Ron's birthday and the way Leslie plans his birthday specifically for him is wonderful. <laughs> Excellent. Jed. And, and I'm going to throw out, it's, it's probably a, a bit of a, a, a cliche-ish one. Uh, particularly since Gallup uses uh, uh, this image on a lot of their material, but I'm going to go with the DNA strand. I still think that that's one of the, the most uh, poignant images of how unique we are as, as individuals, both biologically, but also just talking about how we think, feel, and behave in the world. And um, there's a lot just to that image for me. So I'm going to, I'm going to stick with that one, but I, I love <laughs> the ugly duckling, the, the symphony and, and, yeah. and, you know, um, planning parties that's a, that seems to be a theme a thread running through our episode today is you know how do, how do we throw throw parties uh to make sure every individual is is taken care of so yeah it's awesome at, at this point i want to talk i want to bring this back to like that teamwork atmosphere because a lot of what we do is 
feeling like we need to support those at work and understanding how they can use their talents either within the team if they have individualization um, and they're a team member. And Kevin, you've talked about, you've touched on that already a little bit of, of an example of a, of a team member who came to the leader and it explained like how we could structure, restructure the team to really get the best out of everyone. So, but I wanna, I wanna come back and start on the negative so we can end on a positive note. So I wanna, I wanna think about like in the ways as a team leader or maybe a team member with individualization could, could have a negative impact on the team. What are some ways that we see them like maybe slowing down the bus a little bit or, or potentially getting in the way of success? And Kevin, I'm gonna start with you. Okay, um, and, and, and again, you want me to to talk about how it can get in the way, right? The negative? Yes. Yeah, the negative the side. Okay. Please. Yeah. All right. Um, so it can be perceived um, as uh, inaction or dragging your feet or, you know, mm -hmm. being too, like taking collaborative too far in collaborating with the team. Sometimes teams want, you know, they just want to be told, like, this is, this is the way we're going to do it. This is the way we're going to get it done. Mm -hmm. You got to go. They, they view somebody who takes, that takes the time to understand each individual and understand their strengths and then kind of try to weave that all together to get, that's what I've, I've actually had performance feedback um, mm. where, you know, you're, you're being too consultative. You're being, you know, you're, you're uh, spending too much time, you know, getting everybody's points of views and, and perspectives. Um, you need to just pick something and just go and get it done. I thought your wonderful example in the pre-show that you shared was thinking about like an emergency room and a doctor. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> yeah, like the ER, standing like around. an ER doc, standing right. around. You can't stand around and, and, eat, and ask each member of the care team, well, you know, what do you think? And what's your, you know, exactly. There's, there are times we, we all face where, you know, if you're that ER, head ER doctor and you've got a care team that's surrounding you, you just got to start giving out orders to save that person's life. I mean, you just, yeah. like, you know. It reminds me of, you know, the, in an emergency, you're supposed to point to someone specifically and say, call 911, you know, if someone's having a heart attack or whatever that is, because if you're just yelling help, no one knows what to do. Like in that moment, like maybe some people are just going to jump up and decide, but if you are pointing and calling out orders at that, at that time, you know, that stuff happens quickly, but you're right in, in a lot of situations we don't have the opportunity and time to spend on on things like that and i could see where if you did spend the time like an er doctor that <laughs> maybe would not um be the best for the patient in that would in not that end instance. well no. yeah right yeah <laughs> michael same question um i suppose i, I suppose it's, it's similar in the sense that I kind of think about this in terms of sense of a, a, a ranger and then individualization. And, and I suppose I'll give an example. It's like when I think of individualization and how it shows up for people in the organization, they're, when it shows up well, for example, they're going to look for somebody that they know is going to do that, um, that, that has a uniqueness about them and they're going to be able to bring that to, to, the, to the job and, you know, find the right job, Jen, that you said earlier on for that person within the organization. Mm -hmm. And then with a ranger, I think we, what we do is we go, I have the perfect job for you. So it's you have you find the job force and then you try to fit the person to it. And I think when you're too far in individualization, you will procrastinate. You will sit there and, and you'll take too many. Mm -hmm. It's like the checklist becomes 
too over consuming of your time in, when in fact it's like one two three four five criteria need to be met it's like but what if but what if this person that person could suit there or and it's like you're trying to make the best decision but you're not making any decision you're stalling mm. Yeah. Now that's when it's in its raw state. Like yeah. if you yeah. if you've developed it, you're right. It's more so that you're customizing really quickly and you're getting it right. done. Sure. So yeah. So you you guys both brought up up this idea of um. And and you'll have to you'll have to just correct me and step in and and give the give the direction. But um, it was uh, almost a tattletale or maybe oversharing of some information from a team member's point of view. Um. If they have this information because they have individualization high, how, how can that get in the way of of the team? Well, look, it's it's relation it's a relationship building team. So in its raw state, you're you're seeing people's uniqueness and you're they're sharing with you information and mm. you know you may not have the permission to share the information that they're sharing with you and. You know, maybe that person doesn't want everybody to know that it's their birthday next week and to celebrate their birthday in an office environment is really going to upset that person because their other dominant talents are that they don't want to be, you know, seen. They're not it. They yeah. just want to execute, for example. Sure. So, you know, I, I've, I've seen it where I, I would often say even not knowing the person's strengths, or I'd say they have that i know they have that it's like you're right you know because we live like that don't mm -hmm. we we identify yes. people based on it we yeah. label them i shouldn't say that out loud it, but we, <laughs> we you know we do it but it's it's being mindful of it that it can and especially from a coaching perspective with new coaches reminding them of confidentiality clauses and not sharing you know you you can say oh i have a client a previous client who did that but being very mindful that the other client doesn't know the other client that you're coaching in that organization right. you know right. so it's just the oversharing part and just again freedom within a framework but mindful of the other of the individual it's your superpower here so don't let it come and damage yeah. you right yeah. Be become the Hulk in that instance maybe and, and it gets big and green and ugly that's my activator Lovely. most days <laughs> love it well, th yeah. those are those are great examples. I, I wanted to go to back to the label for a second because you're right. I think we we all tend to do that and have you know labels for people. And it's one of the things that I've always said. If you're going to label me something, you can label me on my strengths. I'm okay with that because it is what I know that I do well. And sometimes they go the wrong way, but at least you know I know I, there's a positive intent there that we're all leading with. And I think that's the other the other side of this that. That person with individualization who wants to celebrate the birthday, they don't know maybe that the other person doesn't want that shared, but they see them and they want to, you know, like make them shine and, and put them first and and put them on the on the pedestal and give them their, you know, five minutes of yep. fame or whatever yeah. that is. So that that's a hard, hard thing for someone who doesn't have it to understand what what that means to be seen. Um, and, and you guys having that information and then wanting to share it, I'm, I'm sure it is a battle. Yeah, thanks. Kevin, were there any, were there any negative impacts that beyond what we've talked about that, that you want to highlight, at least at the, at the team member level? I know you, the examples you gave around leaders was yeah. fantastic. I was just wondering if you, you had any additional thoughts on, on uh, a team member coming into the mix on a, on a team and kind of, uh, 
having a negative impact with this theme? Sure. I mean, you know, after we had the pre-show meeting and we were talking through, I was thinking about what Michael was saying and we were talking that whole conversation about kind of the team person who was getting a little too gossipy. Um, I have seen that. I have seen where um, a, a team member who's high on individualization could have actually wreaked a little bit of havoc um, in, in getting too involved in trying to have a say in what other people were doing. Um, and it, you know, it, while 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 the 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 person's heart might have been in the right place, they yeah. might have had the right intention. They to them, they were just trying to help. There, you will have people on the team who will who will perceive that in a very negative way. Like, what do you you know? Stay in your lane. You know, don't right. like don't don't you know be worried about what I'm going to do or focus on. Um, I do. I have actually um, seen yeah. that work. It's it's issue to bring up the lane metaphor because it's. I'm hearing both stay in your lane, but also don't redraw my lane, right? right, it's, it's, right, it's, right. Yeah, you see these things, but I like the lane that I've got just fine. Stop messing with it. Yeah. Oh, interesting. You know, that, that's, like those, that's like those professors in the universities who have been teaching the same marketing class at 2.30 every Tuesday and Thursday for the last 25 years. And then you ask them to, you know, to, to change what you're teaching to include social media marketing, right? <laughs> and and maybe right. and maybe do a Monday, Wednesday, Friday class. No, 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 no. I teach my class at two thirty, and this is my syllabus, and you know, that's yeah. it. Wow, that's great. Yeah, that that definitely would get in the way of a lot of team team positive behavior. Uh, yeah, if everybody's having to redraw or re-solidify their their lanes, so yeah. It's so let's let's talk about that positive intent then, and like the best ways that we could see this working um, within a team and in team leaders, team members. Um, what are what are some ways um, that that you guys believe that really individualization can can positively impact the team? Kevin, I mean, I, I just I keep going back to the whole um, turnaround scenario, the whole uh, you know raising performance, improving and increasing engagement. I mean, I know that's a big thing about Gallup's all about, yeah. um, but in, I mean, really that for me personally, it's been, it's been those, those turnaround situations um, and the, you know, raising the bar um, it, and achieving, you know, with the one team that I inherited at one point was really, really poorly performing um, and some national, um, measures assessments reflected that um and we we kind of leaned in and, and we took the you know individualization strengths and and um redesigned workflow redesigned the, the department allowed everybody to do the things that they were really passionate about and four years later um had a, a, a very positive national ranking actually three of them um so for me I, that's the main one and that's as a team leader being yes. able to put people in the right spot, right seat. Mm -hmm. yep. Awesome. Okay, Michael. I think for me, I'm going to focus again on the on an, on an individual in a, a team member. So let's let's look at it from that point of view. Remember where, when you've got individualization, there's a big desire to see everybody and their uniqueness. Okay. And Jen, you even say it in some of, and it's surprising individualization is so low because you always say be uniquely you. But anyway, that's me. Um, mm -hmm. that's, that's, that, that's your tagline. <laughs> um, but Thanks. remembering that the, 
that this can be when you're thinking of individualization, where's the spotlight? So is the need for you to know this information serving you or serving mm. the other person? And I always think back to asking yourself when you're in individualization, when you're leaning into it, is this for the greater good of this person? Or is this really, a, I'm going to say a selfish act, even though we don't, I don't like to use the term selfish, yeah. but is this more focused in on what I'm going to get from it? So, and if in, if you're looking towards getting your career growth, you're only as strong as your team and, you know, working your way up that ladder and so on, bring everyone with you because then we all rise together rather than go off on your own using yeah. that information. Yeah, that's great. Excellent. That, that reminds me of, um, we talked about a little bit about this in the empathy episode the last time. And, and so I wanted to bring that kind of point back to here. We're hearing a lot about how your individualization looks um, outwardly and you just brought it back to like looking for like your motivation, your purpose, like, is this, you know, am I thinking about me in this case, or am I thinking what I need to get, or am I thinking about what others need and what they need to get? So I think it's interesting. That's the, this is the second time we've, we've seen that kind of flip where most of the time we're talking about others and how it affects others, but then really understanding our individual, individ, eh. now you got me doing it. Individualization. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thank you, Chad. Yeah, Thanks. That's, that's, I'll just press mute Chad. from now on. <laughs> <laughs> to put that spotlight, you know, of taking that talent and actually focusing it inward and thinking about you individually and, and what that means of yeah. your individualization and how you yeah. contribute to the team. I yeah. love that. Not, and, and not like, like not sacrificing self yeah. for this. I'm glad you came back. <laughs> I'm, I'm really glad you brought I'm that like, in. I'm like, go away, dog. Go away, yeah. dog. No, no, I'm so glad you did that sacrificing self thing comment that you made because I, I know, you know we've had previous discussions where we talked about how um, you, know, you get a team in a room and you talk about all the, the workflows and all the tasks that need to get done. You put them up on the dry erase board and you start talking about, okay, now who's going to do this? Who's going to do this? And if you're the kind of leader that has individualization high and you let people pick all the things that they want and that align with their strengths, then you got to look at what's left on that board and figure out, well, who's going to do it? And there's been times where it's like, okay, well, then I'll be the one that does it. Um, and, you know, that can create, it can, well, it can create stress. Um, it can create, you know, problems on the home front because if you've got to spend extra time learning to do something that you don't know how to do or that you may not have been inclined to do, um, there's a little bit of a heavier lift in, in you know, executing yeah. against that. Um, so that it can create, but for me, what I've always, I've always tried to, focus on the positive side of it because as the as the head of the department or as the leader it's taken me into areas where I may not have ever thought I was going to go and and you know help me develop skills that I may not have developed had it not been for that situation and I mean like I wouldn't be here today and I would have never met Jen had my team not identified Clifton's Gallup Strengths Finder as as an assessment that we wanted to offer, um, and but then they all picked you know they one person wanted MBTI one person wanted something else and so then I was the one who got to, to, and and I'm glad I did I mean yeah. it's it's transformed it has transformed my life both at home and at work and but I mean I think you know to to Michael's point there there can be at times where you know the, the person who's got high individualization can put so much into putting everyone else and their uniqueness and focusing on that they can tend to neglect 
themselves. themselves. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'm so gr- grateful you brought that story back up because that was yeah. actually going to be my very next question was we had talked about that a little bit in the pre-show and I thought that was a wonderful highlight. I want to make sure we covered. I think what I'm hearing in, in your sharing there though is it's again that individual individualization focused back on self that you're, fo- you're you take a moment to still say who am I as a unique individual who am I as a unique leader what is my unique contribution here and and honoring that so I think yeah. that you know particularly for people that are still learning about this theme and still understanding how they how it plays out in their lives that they make sure that they take a moment and be like okay Yes, I identify all these wonderful attributes about all the people I work with and all the people in my life, but that I still need to honor my own individual talents, abilities, perspectives, the knowledge I want to go out and develop. And so I I really appreciate you bringing that back up, Kevin. I think that's really insightful um, that we don't, that those of you that have individualization, (laughs) um, themes that you don't get lost amongst everybody else yeah so. power of pa- power of pause charge I, yeah yes. oh we've know, talked about power of pause in plenty of other episodes so. episode. yeah, yeah. <laughs> kudos it, and and it's so relevant because if you don't put, if you don't you know it's not like yeah, the analogy on the airplane if you don't put your own oxygen mask on first yep. you're yep. not going to be of any help to anybody on that plane no matter how unique they are yes yeah, absolutely yep excellent excellent Great point. So, so as we're coming to the end here, we've had a fantastic conversation. I, I want to ask the two of you, as, as we've had this conversation, and as you've had a chance to think about this, you know, we had our pre-show yesterday and, and, and taping this now um, on, on Thursday, the 23rd. Um, I'm curious if there are two, maybe one or two highlights that you think people really have to kind of walk away from this, either this episode or, or an understanding about this theme that are really kind of key points. And I'll, I'll start with uh, Kevin because oh. Michael's gotten all the other starts. So I'm going to put it to Kevin. <laughs> this is the one time Kevin didn't want the mic and I'm going to give it to him. Yeah. Um, so so we want to do key takeaways? For yeah, just sort of key takeaways tool. around this theme or something that or something maybe even fun. something you've learned in this episode. Um, but yeah, just if, if somebody's listening to the last 10 minutes of this we we clipped this last five ten minutes um what, what are some of the key points you would want somebody to to make sure that they understood around this theme okay so i'm gonna i'm gonna bring up um what jen and i were taught when we took the class out in nebraska um which to me was probably one of the most powerful images from that whole experience that i use every single time i'm introducing strengths to an audience that's not familiar with it and that's the gas grill analogy, where if you imagine mm-hmm. a gas grill with the with the dot with the knobs and all the different burners, and how you might turn the heat up and then turn the heat back down, you know, with with individualization, I think what we've talked about today is that um, sometimes you can turn turn it up, really leverage it in certain yeah. scenarios, um, in a team scenario where you're trying to you know maximize the team's performance and bring it to another level, <laughs> where you might have to turn it down where you have to is, you know, the stories that we were talking about, how much, like, I wonder how much time it takes Michael to shop for gifts for people, right? You know, because you like, and, and then how much stress or anxiety they can, because I know I've, I've gone through it. I mean, you know, leading up to the holidays, if, if we started too late, they would be really stressful because, 
you know, we'd be like, oh my God, I got to find the perfect gift. So that might be a time to take the dial on the gas grill and turn individualization back a little bit. Um, so I think, um, so I, that was one point I wanted to make was understanding how to leverage it, but then also learn how to moderate it um, so yep. that you don't go to the, you don't go to those dark places. I appreciated that part of this conversation is really focusing on how to be really careful and watch out how it might slow things down too much, or it could create um, like a gossiping situation where somebody's doing more harm than good. Um, mm -hmm. um, so I would say, I would say that. Okay. And, and Michael to you. My, my big thing about individualization is kind of a summary of how Jen was talking about it earlier and, you know, looking at it from the point of view that don't forget that you are uniquely you as well. So it is relationship building. It is about knowing and, and seeing other people, but see yourself first and respect yourself, respect your time, respect who you are and the uniqueness that you bring. And then, as Kevin said, leverage other strengths and whether you need to dial up or dial down individualization to get the maximum what you need in that moment nice thank you so much for those closing thoughts um i'm gonna thank again both of you for taking so much time to share with us um jen and i in preparing for this uh, for even inviting you you know we, we were recounting that our uh, this theme for us is relatively low um not all the way at the bottom of you know 32 34 but definitely does not come out in the ways that it does um that you've highlighted so eloquently and um so concretely too uh that i think it really helps us so i want to thank both of you um kevin and and michael for for joining us um, we're gonna for those of you that have listened all all the way through um we're gonna have their contact information in our show notes um, we're gonna encourage all of you that if you've listened and you found something useful uh, drop us a comment, leave us a review, um, come back again for future episodes. We're going to keep doing this. We're going to keep having great coaches like Kevin and Michael come and join us uh, to keep talking about the different Clifton Strengths talent themes. And so um, without extending this episode any further, I'm going to say thank you again um, and wish everybody well. I'm Chad Ahern from Talent Teams Consulting. My co-host mm -hmm. is... Jen Werner from Jen Werner Coaching. Thanks guys for joining us. And thank, thank you, you so much. And everybody have a great day.